Hello, everybody. It's time for another LJ and Redders AFL podcast. And if the last few weeks have been busy, the last 72 to 96 hours have been utterly frenetic, probably starting with the shenanigans at the Adelaide Oval, but there's been so much going on. It just never seems to amaze. Lucas James Holmes, journalist with the Wimmera Mail down there in Western Victoria. A very good evening, sir. Evening, David. Evening, ladies and gentlemen. And you're not wrong, are you? Um, just a league that just keeps on giving at the moment. We all thought the um, the high, well, not the highlight, but the mo- the higher talking point would have been uh, things on the ground, David. But in the last, as you said there, 72 hours, it's all flipped um, more or less to off the ground. So Let, let's start with one of the biggest stories, I think, in football in a long, long time. Genuinely, uh, this is an actual, well, often you talk in professional sports about people doing the wrong thing, okay? Getting in trouble. But it's very rare that you have a story this big that is a pure football story. It's not through bad behaviour. It's not through something else. It's actually a football story. And if I could take you all back to Saturday night at the Adelaide Oval, the Adelaide Crows are coming home like a steam train, like our dear old friend Ben Hunter at the Warners Bay, the steam train. And Keys has a shot at goal. Left foot, uh, CBJ around the corner. Looks like it goes through. The boundary umpire calls it a point. And it, Lucas is the biggest story ever because it completely changed the, the structure of the finals and the eight. Everything changed on that moment. I do want to refer to AFL 360 in a minute. But first, I want to hear your thoughts on the whole thing, please. I thought the whole thing's been fascinating to watch. Yeah, it does. Um, Saturday evening, of course, working. So I was in the office. Um, this game wasn't on the telly, um, David. It was the Geelong St Kilda game um, that I had on behind me in the office. Whereas, whereas if you live north of the Murray River, or particularly north of the Murray River, it's the other way around. So it bloody well was on television um, uh, up here. Yeah, so so obviously got a fair bit um, uh, uh, post uh, incident, um, and well, I'll put it that way. But it, it's interesting that the fact that this wasn't reviewed and there's the the way it panned out, it was the right reason, David, believe it or not, why it wasn't reviewed. Because it was judged as a behind, that, that's the reason why it wasn't reviewed. We, we've seen on a number of circumstances, goals that have been given, there's a hold there's a hold up in the ad in the ad break or not, depending on what plan platform you watch on. And by the time the, the play comes back, the decision's changed and there's a kick out. Um, but but it's in the rules of the game, David, that all goals are reviewed, and be, because this was judges are behind, and as well, and and as we found out wrongly, so is the reason why it wasn't reviewed. Very good. That that's exactly right. Now, let's get serious. There's a f- fascinating view taken by a, a Crows fan on their mobile phone of that that kick, and it's the best view of the lot, which is kind of scary when you spent money on technology. That one decision has completely changed the picture for Geelong, Essendon, and Adelaide, and to a certain extent, Sydney and GWS. But most of those clubs can now not make the eight because of one decision. It is the most extraordinary mathematics, Lucas. It really is. Yeah, and we've and we've been speaking to the stand rule, David, however long it's been in the game now. Is this the second season? I believe, yep. 
and we thought, and we always thought the two of us, you, you particularly, and I can speak for you here because I'm pretty damn confident that you've said this on multiple occasions. That that are, that we thought with the stand rule, it was going to be a call in that area that was going to change a, a team season, and like it might not be a big issue to what costs a team a game, or or in this case, a spot in the finals. And we thought it may have been the stand rule, but what we've seen in the last week, it's been it's been this where it's really cost, as you said, there three or four teams a spot uh, in the top eight. Absolutely, it, it and like um, I, I'm sure I know you watched the show. I have been watching a little bit more sport of late. I've actually had a little bit more time and made some time. And the beauty of KO is that I can choose to watch it when I want. And I watched AFL 360 live on Monday night. And Jared, Jared, Hill, Jared, Hill, Jared Whaley gave an almost soliloquy at the start. He had Jordan Lewis on deputising for a sick Mark Robinson. And it was the most mesmerising 12 or 13 minutes of television I have seen in a long time for a non-fiction show. It was compelling. He just ripped in and said, this is so bad. And he just gave reasons. But you know what else he did? He came up with some ideas as to how to fix it. He quoted the NHL where you can play on it. And then in the review booth, they can stop playing and go back. Okay, that's one. that oh, That's an idea that I actually like a lot. Tonight, the last night on AFL 360, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night, but to I watched last night um, before I started to come on here to speak to you and to Jimmy Newbert. And they were talking about slowing the game down, maybe going back to uh, waiting till the flags are waved to give people a short period of time. Some of these ideas have got merit because they've got this. This is not a game. When you and I are at Newcastle number one or at, at, at Trumper or at Cambridge, it's a game. It's good. It's good footy, but it's a game. This isn't a game. This is people's livelihood. This is business. And it's 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 gotta be fixed. Yeah, I, I I'd like to see, and, and and you see it all the time, the financials, particularly um in English sport in football, soccer, whatever. Oh god. Here, when, when you see the amount of money that, that teams and that organizations make when they get either promoted or relegated from the Premier League. Um, so it's obviously nowhere near. Um, that that amount of money uh, and in the multiple hundreds of millions that that sides and that owners can make, but um, yeah, for a side to uh, uh, not make the finals and then you take all that into account from a business point of view in terms of gates, in terms of merchandise, and then when they open the bars and the and the kitchens and the eateries at at the Adelaide Oval, not of course not knowing if they would have a home final or or, or not, but in the grand scheme of things, when you look at it from 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 three or four meters away, not just to do with the actual team that plays on the ground, um, it, 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 it's a big loss. It is. Jared and Mark, and Mark were saying that they thought Jared in particular was bullish on it being changed for the finals. I tell you what, that's that's big. I'm not sure it can. I, I just don't know that it can. Now, they came down to one unfortunate young man's uh, uh, as the goal umpire. Uh, a, a human error and uh, they've taken a lot of human errors particularly at another game that you and I both love and have commentated on which is cricket um, but in this case it's it's a fascinating situation, It'll be really interesting to watch this space with this but yes Geelong by one decision Geelong, Adelaide and, and Essendon knocked out of the finals 
by just something that they had completely no control over. It's um, I, I suppose Matthew Nix was quite measured when he said we didn't have to be thirty-two points down at three-quarter time either. Well, 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 that's the political approach, isn't it? Um, it we, is. Which is which is the grown up and right thing to do. We all saw Tim Silvers, the uh, CEO of Adelaide, come out uh, the next day or so and uh, give them a little bit of what for. Um, and we saw Gil McLaughlin come out on Monday and say more or less it it, it was the wrong call. If the process was followed, uh, it would have been overturned and we wouldn't have had any issues. But yeah, as you said there, unfortunate for the goal umpire. I think think was reading a little bit, had 15 years of experience, and as a result um, of, of the error, David has been stood down for the rest of the season. So um, not not great from that point of view, but I don't think we'll have uh, an, an issue like this uh, anytime soon. We'll put it that way. I hope not. And getting back to your point about the stand decision, I, I stand by what I've said repeatedly. Um, I, 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 I'm... It's fascinating to me that there's not too many people that don't like it. I would have thought that um, people, maybe people my vintage don't, but it just goes against everything in our game, to me, from my perspective. We shall see. Okay, so that was a massive issue. Then oh, we'll get, we'll come into this. We'll talk actual football. What the Western Bulldogs were doing, I don't know. It was a great performance in the West Coast Eagles. Give it to them. They were superb. And then Essendon were absolutely terrible and limp-wristed and spineless against my Giants at Sydney Olympic Park. And we'll come into those when we talk at, look at round 23. Lucas, the Gold Coast Football Club have finally done something about getting themselves into the top eight. They have. Um, one, of the, one, of, one of the bigger coaching hires, David, I think, in recent memory, particularly for me, um, when when you look when you look at clubs more recently, um, put Alistair Clarkson aside. Mo- most clubs have gone for for, for newer first time coaches. Collingwood obviously went with Craig McRae um, a, a couple of years ago now, and we've seen that 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 pay dividends. And we've seen um, Adam Kingsley being appointed with the JWS Giants. He hadn't had any uh, previous senior coaching experience at the AFL level, so we've seen um, we've seen those. Um, scenarios come and go on now, but this one for Harwick particularly, of course, you only have to look back at May, David, um, cited burnout um, as a reason to leave uh, the Richmond Football Club, of course, a, a, a club he coached three premierships to in 2017, 2019 and 2020, um, cited burnout, David, and a mere, what, six months, not even later, he's back. What, he's in, what he said, it was in a new challenge, and I'm sort of slightly paraphrasing now. He said it was like waking up um, at, on Christmas morning with new, with new toys and things like that. And so he signed a six year a new six year deal, David, to and um, be at the helm of the Gold Coast Suns. And he also said um, in that press conference he believes he's got eighty percent of their next premiership side on their list currently. Absolutely, um, it's the right thing. The Gold Coast went and got their man. You don't fly to Europe to go and not not secure it. They did what they had to. Um, he's accepted a little bit less money than he could have got to make sure that they've got enough money under their cap to, to get good people around him. It's a great move from the Gold Coast, and now the pressure's on. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, well done, Gold Coast. I think some people at Richmond have a few misgivings, but one of them is Caro, and we don't mind if Caro's got misgivings. That's fine. Yeah, uh, so and, 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 the, and she has pretty firm connections inside the Richmond footy club. So, um, oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and... no, I know that for sure. And David, when you, good point there. I'm um, sorry to cut you off slightly, but when you talk about um, 
Hardwick taking a little bit less money um, in, from the soft cap so that he has um, the football department and, and the likes that are around him. We've, we've seen this afternoon, uh, interim Gold Coast, excuse me, senior coach uh, Stephen King has come out and said he won't be pursuing a senior coaching role in 2024 and is looking forward to uh, working under Hardwick uh, next season up there at Carrara. So uh, there's a there's a pretty uh, high, you'd think, his senior assistant um, fall, fall into place. Uh, just this afternoon. And remember, they've got the nucleus of a pretty good football side. Miller, Anderson, Raul, Wits, Ballard, they've got some very good, and they keep going, but they're, they're the ones, they're, 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 they're the top of the, they're the top of the tree. Anderson's a revelation. Wits is just about the best recommend in the competition to be very close to it. If he's not, he's certainly top two or three. Um, there's a bloke playing for Melbourne at the moment who's probably got that. He's just, at the moment, the Melbourne Ruckman's probably one of the best footballers in Australia. Uh, quite frankly, and he's uh, if Melbourne go a long way, it'll be because Max Gorn's there. But anyway, getting back to the Gold Coast, great for them. Speaking of Melbourne, Simon Goodwin's got an extension to 2026, um, which was reasonably predictable. He's got them into the top four. He's also got some very, very pretty. He's got some handy cattle there in Melbourne, hasn't he? One of whom looks like he's clearly out the door, an ex-Collingwood player. Yeah, interesting with Grundy too, and and just on Gold Coast start for a slight minute. It's not playing this weekend, but they've got a pretty handy key forward um, that has that has a brother in Melbourne as well at the moment in Ben King. So if he if he decides to stay, um, they've got a pretty uh, handy nucleus around there. A couple of uh, defenders as well. You talk about Ballard. You've got Sam Collins back there as well, and you've got and you've got uh, Tom Berry floating around up there as well at the moment out of the rest of the season, which is a little bit um, interesting now when you say the rest of the season is only a week, but he's out with a shoulder injury that he uh, reoccurred from a couple of years ago. But yes, to Grundy, um, while we're on that, it's extremely interesting. Um, I spoke about it a little bit last week. We sort of floated two or three teams, um, David, that, that look suitable. Um, one of those two in Sydney um, look extremely likable at the moment, of course. Absolutely, they do. Sydney and Port are the two that were in today's press. And again, I have done my homework. So, yeah. So Sydney and Port. Um, looking looking at them at the moment, Peter Laddam's former Port Ruck is actually on um, Sydney's list at the moment. So that would be interesting. Um, Scott Lysette down there, uh, over there at, at Port. Um, a couple of injuries in the last couple of years. A premiership ruckman with West Coast in his own right. And, and according to the press as well, Grundy probably rightly so has come out and said he doesn't want to play uh, forward, like permanently forward ever again. So the right move, he's in his uh, mid to late 20s, David. He's one of the two or three best rucks in the competition when he's allowed to be. Um, so that for me, it's probably those two sides at the moment. And he's a South Australian. Yeah. Um, so it'll be very interesting, but... You know, both of those lists would be walking into Port Adelaide at the moment would be, uh, uh, you know, you, you'd you'd like your chances with so many that yeah, you know, he's going to get the football to guys like Wines, Rosie, and Butters. Goodness gracious me, um, you know, it's yeah, the, the the I think I'll end up in Adelaide myself, but we'll wait and see if they pull the trigger. Now, um, also uh, where Adam Simpson ends up, I do not know. Interestingly, he's not going to end up at Richmond because they've said they're going to go for a non-AFL coach there. But I don't think Adam Simpson will be coaching in yellow and blue next year. But I do think he's going to be involved somewhere because that guy's a serious talent. Yeah, he, he's too good to be wasted. The little, the little bit of the holdup which was spoken about in the last couple of weeks, David, is his contract and the payout um, that that would involve if they gave him his marching orders. They've had a couple of board meetings 
um, in the last couple of weeks. There's been no movement there, but we all know what happens in the in the first month or so after the completion of the season. So um, we'll be waiting there. Interesting too, uh, with which with Richmond, while we're doing a little bit of a coaching roundup, as you said, their first time coach. So there's um, there's been some strong mail um, and some headlines in the, in the last couple of days, David, linking Chris Newman um, with his old club and he's an assistant under Sam Mitchell at Hawthorne. Um, Newman played the majority, if not all, of his career in the yellow and black there at Punt Road. So that would be um, one to keep an eye out on. Uh, Xavier Clark, former uh, St Kilda defender played when they had a red hot show at, at a couple of flags there in the late 2000s, early 2010s, is another one. Um, Daniel Gian Syracuse is another. So there's a fair few um, extremely talented and credentialed um, first time coaches out there. Yes, there are some big retirements and some some players that were good players, not great, but good players. Phil Davis, Josh Bruce, both of whom spent time in GWS colours. Tom Hickey has been involved with four clubs, Jonathan Seglar. And the the one that I find the most surprising is Tom Jonas. Yes, he's had a rough trot, but he's not as old as a couple of those others. But uh, amongst many retirements, Phil Davis has been a terrific servant for First Adelaide and then GWS, co-captain at GWS for many years. Josh Bruce, who I saw cook Hickey's first goal in AFL at home at Monica Oval for the Giants. Tom Hickey has had a remarkable career. Jonathan Segler, who's um, done enough, been a solid footballer, and Tom Jonas, captain of Port Adelaide. Lucas, over to you. Yeah, um, interesting one. I don't think the the Davis one was all that surprising. Um, no, that, that's at, not. No, 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 no. when you look at the game, scheme of things, 192 games, David, over a long period of time, but the last couple of years, um, he's been plagued by injury, particularly soft tissue. That was really setting back. Um, in, in his now pursuit that he won't get the 200 games, but we we all remember the um the battles he's had with Lance Franklin and a couple of other key forwards over the over the last decade or so. Of course, South Australian originally played with the Crows and then was the inaugural um skipper there at the Giants. There wouldn't be too many there wouldn't be too many inaugural uh, Giants players left. Whitfield, off the top of my head, no, Whitfield, uh, Whitfield was a number. Was... Whitfield's a number one draft pick in no. year three. No, I think you'll find it's almost down to Toby Green. Green would be the one off the top of my Toby head. Toby Green, definitely. Yep. Um, I'm just going off the top of my head. I don't think there's too many more. Callan Ward. No. Callan well, Ward yes. came from Footscray. Yep. Callan Ward might be. But Green was with the young group of players like Cameron and Shield, Devin Smith, Miles, Cameron, Law, Hoskin Elliott. Cameron. Uh, Collingwood Adams. Yep. There's just fistfuls of them. They all went through at the same time. I, well, you weren't used to go and watch NEFL games and watch them play. Um, but yes, um, D- D- Davis, of course, came across. He was terrific. Josh Bruce, three separate clubs. And unfortunately, he's done his second ACL, the poor man. Yeah, second ACL in a couple of years as well, which is horrible. And said there are a couple of clubs, 163 games, David, across 13 seasons, as you said there. Um, played with the Giants, probably more remembered as a as a member of St Kilda, David. Um, played a, n- a number of games there as well. Kicked f- 50 goals for the Saints, David, in 2015. And and But as you said there, a couple of uh, horrible knee injuries in the back half of his career. So unfortunate to see him go. And he's been shifted, it had been shifted around a bit, David, in defence the last couple of seasons as well with the, um, with the amount of tall forwards they've got there. At the Witten Oval now in Norton, Eugle uh, Hagen are now getting Rob across from um, Freo. But yeah, unfortunate there. Um, Tom Hickey is a, is a great story, David. It is. Uh, 
a ruck, a ruck, obviously, across four clubs, believe it or not, and he'll play his 150th, but it won't be his final game on the weekend, David, with um, the Swans clinching a finals berth. But, yeah, four clubs, 150 games for a ruckman. 150 games doesn't sound like a lot, but when you've played it across 13 years, to have that longevity, David, particularly as a ruck, we all know the little knocks and niggles they get on a week-to-week basis. So to play the game, play the game for that period of time is a is it, a big deal, David. It is, and he and his wife have got three kids under five, and I believe one of the th- he's got a business going. So I think you'll find that he'll be quite content. The Tom Jonas, when I saw him being interviewed, that's a really interesting one. Yet Ken Hinckley's played very hardball with Tom Jonas this year, and. I've just never heard a story of a captain being dropped very, as often as this, other than being naughty. Um, Jonas isn't. Jonas seems to be an upstanding sort of a guy. Um, and it, as Jared Whateley said, it would have been a much bigger story with Jonas if he weren't the decent human being that he is. He hasn't made a big issue of it. But no. he's retiring, and that's fascinating. Yeah, he's been at the club for a long period of time, David. He's only he's only just one of 11 uh, individuals that have played more than 200 games um, for the power in the AFL, um, so and that that shows uh, the the amount and the longevity longevity he has, as well as a key defender. He's been there for a long a long period of time too, David. And when you look at his story a little bit, uh, it's great. And you and we've seen a little a, a few more of these stories with the mid season draft and things in the last couple of years. He's actually picked sixteen, David, uh, in, in the rookie draft, and he was a rookie elevation pick. Um, uh, with pick 85 in the in the 2012 national draft, so we've seen uh, him climb through from the very bottom rung to the potentially this year could be a very um, top rung as as a premiership captain. But we'll have to wait and see on that point. Um, 215 games, David, and again as a key position defender, um, as Mark, some of the uh, the the better key forwards in this and the and a little bit of the last generation now. So we've seen his longevity as well. Obviously, the more more the headlines have been around his form. Um, off the field this year, which which is sad, but yeah, over two hundred games, David at Port with a with a great history and a great story, um, is a big achievement itself. Before we go and have a look briefly at last round, Lucas, can any of the sides outside? I think I want to know the answer to this. Can any of the sides outside the top four realistically make a preliminary final and then make a grand final? And I reckon I know. There's, I reckon there's only one. Yeah, and it has to be on current form, doesn't it? I think, I think if Carlton get all things going, um, they've got the potential to. Um, but we've seen not not in the last what nine games, but we've seen a little bit earlier in the season the little bit of the gap between their worst and their best football. Um, the same could be said, and we saw it last week with Essendon, and we've seen a little bit with Adelaide as well. So those were sort of my. Adelaide, particularly my side, I'm thinking who could come from in, from outside the top eight to get there. We all know they can't now, but I think Carlton um, is, is the only one of those. But again, that they're going to finish outside the top four. That that's locked in now because they're six points outside the top four with one game to go. So, um, which is interesting to see as well. And whilst we're on the ladder, you look at that. You look at that top four, David, and particularly the top two. The fa- the fascinating point is Collingwood and Brisbane going into the last round are on the exact same percentage. It's fascinating. It's it's quite extraordinary. Collingwood would have been thinking all season, oh, my goodness, we've got Essendon in the last round. But of all the times to pick to get Essendon, it's probably this is the one time you want it. 
Um, we'll come back to that in a minute. We'll just have a brief look at last round. Not to mention, uh, as tipped by Lucas Holmes, Brisbane very convincing over a week in Collingwood, 124 to 100. Collingwood actually went too bad. Richmond in Jack Revolt and Trent Cotchin's last game, 101 to 72 over North Melbourne. Carlton at the death. Charlie Curnow take about 91 to 87 over a very gallant Gold Coast. The GWS Giants, don't ask me, Lucas Holmes texted me and said, what have they been feeding him at Sydney Olympic Park? That's exactly <laughs> his words. And he's laughing because he, know, he knows I'm re- got that, reciting that by, by rote. GWS 25-12, Essendon 5-6, 126 points. I just don't know where that came from. St Kilda have actually started to settle and they're playing not bad footy at the moment. And again, they're dangerous to the extent that they can shut you down. St Kilda 12-16, Geelong 8-7. The Swans in an absolute heart stop of 74-73 over Adelaide at the death. The West Coast Eagles in the biggest upset, I reckon, in the last two years of football. 14-8 to 12-13 with Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly running amok and unencumbered, untouched. Melbourne solid enough, 87-60 over Hawthorne. Melbourne aren't playing great football, but they're doing enough. And sometimes you've got to win ugly. And Port Adelaide went to Melbourne. Perth, and beat a pretty gallant Fremantle, 74 to 58. Lucas, we've got a lot to get through, um, so we won't spend too much time. Your highlights from last round, uh, you take it away where you want to go from, sir. Yeah, we are, we already touched on Adelaide and Sydney in the pre, so we'll we'll, we'll leave that one alone um, for the most part. Again, as you said there, Charlie Kerno, five goals uh, in that in that game against Gold Coast. They, sprung, they ran out of the gate to the Gold Coast. They were kicked five or six goals in the... Um, in the first term, Carlton responded with six of their own, I believe, um, in, in the second. But it's, it's better than that for Carlton because they've now cemented their first finals berth, David, since 2013, believe it or not. So we'll have to go back that far for a, for a Blues um, for a blues appearance in the finals. And there's a good mutual friend of ours that will be loving that. Absolutely. Um, and the results couldn't have been more perfect for Carlton. It, they couldn't have been. That There's not in their wildest dreams that they ever seen Everything fall their way, the way it did over one frenetic, crazy 72 hours. And that's what it was, everybody. It was just the things that went on. Someone will have to explain to me, why would Luke Beveridge not put work into Tim Kelly? They did. Tim Kelly went berserk, Lucas. He destroyed. And you get to see with the West Coast Eagles what may have been. Yes, they haven't got a great list. But when they've got some players back, they do have some talent. But the Bulldogs have to rely way too much on the bottom. Way, way, way too much. And there's some players in their side that need to have a long look at themselves. Remember, they've got every chance of making the eight. Every chance. Their season is not over. Everybody's been doom and gloom. And yeah, they were poor. They can still make the bloody eight. They can, Dave. And they'll have to do a little bit of a hard way um, against Geelong at Canadian Park. But I've got some... Some interesting thoughts on that when we get to a preview um, very very shortly. Don't but... even start as a Giants fan. I'm filthy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm fairly com- I yeah, understand I'm an employee of the AFL. I'll be careful what I say. I am filthy at the moment. And I'll when we get to that game, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Have you it's a Wednesday, so the teams haven't dropped yet, but have you seen some of the guys from Geelong that have been booking for surgery already? Uh yes, I have. That's what I freaking <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> Not a very happy camper, Mr. Redden, I'm telling you. But you know, you get you get what you deserve. We beat Sydney a couple of weeks ago. This isn't good. this isn't gonna happen to us. You know, so it, it is what it is. You get what you deserve in this game. Um so look, some injuries. Uh, 
Radagalia, and Radagalia is a really interesting one because he's being he wanted to go to Port Adelaide. If Port can't get Brody Grundy, I reckon he may end up at, at Alberton. So Radagalia, O'Meara, and Yo are the injuries you've got listed in our um, agenda for this morning. This yeah, so, yeah, so soft tissue injuries for all of them. O'Meara, a calf. When you say they're out for the season again, a little bit bit null and void being the last round, and we'll get to some more of those shortly. But yeah, O'Meara with a calf. Radagalea was a hamstring uh, on the Radagalea front. Um, Sydney may also be suited, David. Um, Tom Barras was uh, long mooted to go from West Coast apparently to Sydney. He's um he's determined to stay and see out see out the rebuild um with West Coast. So we'll see how that goes. So Radagalea um could also be a suitor there. So too Ben Mackay. Um, Essendon and Sydney oh. are, are, are the two in for him. So oh, he's not playing North there. Melbourne because he's been he's. He's being accused of being not having a full a full go at North Melbourne, if I can be polite. Yeah, so interesting said I haven't watched much North Melbourne. I don't think much most people, to be fair. They've been competitive at patches this season, but I uh, haven't been able to string it together. I think it's what this the second time in three years they've they'll now finish on the bottom. So and that third year was second last. So it's not great news for them, but hopefully they'll have a a coach that's there with them for the full season next year and we'll see. Um, what they can turn out, particularly potentially, um, with the top two picks, David. If um, Mackay were to leave, that comp- that uh, compensation will would be somewhat likely be the second pick. So you're looking at a Harley Reid, um, and who who else may be there at the top of the draft? Jed Walter, um, the the key forwards, the Gold Coast Academy player. So he will be snatched up. <laughs> Walter and King in the inside the Ford Fifty for uh, the Gold Coast to be something to be behold. And isn't there another Ashcroft going father son? I think he's under age. He, oh, sorry. that's his name is Levi Ashcroft, Le, and he's a he's a bottom major. Yep. Okay, he's a bottom major. I'll be very interested to see where Caden Cleary from the University of Sydney whether he actually gets himself in there because he was wonderful for the Allies. But there's so much talent north of the Murray River this year in the Allies to be picked up because they were the you know the best side of the comp uh, and won the 18s, which is still for me a, an extraordinary result. Li- living where I do I, and understanding representative sport like I do. Although the love I have for not so much understanding, that's arrogant, but amazing result it really is. So this round is fascinating. And the way they've set it up is superb. There are some games that don't matter and we'll focus on the ones that do. Collingwood's got Essendon at the MCG on Friday night football. God only knows what Essendon's going to produce. Hawthorne and Freo is early at the G on Saturday. At the same time, North and Gold Coast in North's final game this year at the beautiful Bell Reeve Oval. Then Twilight is Brisbane and St Kilda with a game that's got a lot of permutations, particularly for the Lions. Saturday night football, this is one of the focus games of the whole round as Geelong and Western Bulldogs will come back to that now because Geelong's odds, that I don't believe those odds that are listed there. That's just ridiculous. The West Coast host Adelaide in a game that means nothing. And then Super Sunday is enormous. Port Adelaide and Richmond. And these are game, one game after the other, after the other pretty much. That, and this is the way I think they should always do the draw. I reckon this is a great way to do it. So at 12.30, uh, that's Australian Eastern Time, Port and Richmond, early start over there for our friends in Adelaide. Then at 20 past three, Sydney and Melbourne at the MCG. Goodness me, um, I'll be at Marrickville. I'll probably hear them on Sunday for a Marrickville. And then the last game of the season, if you don't mind, Carlton and the Giants at Docklands. The way it's looking, the Giants may have to win to get through. Louis. Yes. Collingwood have got Collingwood are two hours away from being minor premiers and having their final series at the MCG. 
They are. Um, again, um, being a Wednesday, teams officially um, not out, but I'm able to scourge and and get and get a and get a look in it already of what sides may um, look like. Uh, Craig McRae's already ruled Nathan Murphy out, David. He got a cork in both his glute and his hip, so no Nathan Murphy uh, for Collingwood. Geordie Dugowie back in, uh, Bobby Hill back in for the Pies after being held over with that glute and hamstring tightness from the week before. At- and Nick Dacos way ahead of schedule. Yeah, out, off crutches and out of a brace, back running too. Some news on him later on as well, which we may get time for. If not, we'll hold it over. But Lucas, there's there's no no issue with time. There's a lot to speak about. If we have to go over the magic hour mark, I don't give a rat's toss bag. I can listen to you talk all night. So go. God, you mustn't be feeling well then. But no, so that's from the Collingwood <laughs> side of things. Um, we don't speak uh, in person much anymore as we've spent, what, six, seven years sharing commentary box together? So it's and being fun. right next to each other for six to seven years, it's quite strange. Every Lucas a thousand kilometres away, it's not quite normal. Yeah, it isn't. But on the on the Essendon front, haven't seen much um, in terms of team news from them at, them at the moment. That But they'd be ropeable, David. They'll be wanting to uh, uh, prove a point against one of their bigger rivals too. So that'll be a, a big contest. And we've seen... Their best football has been extremely good, but it's again that gap between their best and their 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 uh, what their best and what par is for them that might be a struggle for it. I'll tip Collingwood, David, and I'll tip them by what two and a half, I think three goals. I don't think it'll be much of a blowout as much people may expect. Collingwood by twenty two for me, so similar to you. Hawthorne on Fremantle's at the MCG. Neither applied playing for much. Hawthorne have shown a lot of promise there. They're the best. Low low grade side, I think, in a long, long time. I think Hawthorne will win this one. Um, from Adelaide, there might be a couple of people playing for contracts, but because it's in Melbourne, Hawthorne by 15. Yes, yeah, so will I. Interesting on the Hawthorne front, David. John Newcomb um, was a late out last week um, for the Hawks. So if, interesting to see if Sam Mitchell puts him in cotton wool um, for the game or not to get him right and back for preseason, what, mid, late November. So that'd be interesting for them. Again, the damage that Fremantle have done has been on the road this year, David. So not not that it would be an upset over Hawthorne by any stretch of the imagination, but the way in terms of form it probably is um, when you look at it too. It's probably the upset. It's not on the odds, but I'll tip Hawthorne too, David, and I'll tip them by three goals. Gold Coast have been buoyed by the signing of their new coach this week, and they've got to go to Bell Reeve to play North Melbourne. Um, they're not going to lose to North Melbourne. North Melbourne are just not a very good football side. Although they at times put up a reasonable fight, but I think Gold Coast will get them. Yeah, aside from aside from West Coast, David, the amount of talent and the and the amount of quality that North Melbourne have on the in, their injured list at the moment is um isn't is enormous. Um, when you look at it, Zerha, Stevenson, Davies Uniaki was a laid out with a foot uh, issue as well last week. So there's. A fair few of them out at the moment. Um, apparently, they're working on a deal to see Co- Todd Goldstein go around again next year after being almost unsighted in the first month of the season. So great to see uh, for him potentially. But yeah, the Gold Coast, four, five goals. I think that's reasonable. I, th- I think that's commensurate. Then Brisbane will know if they can finish minor premiers. If Essendon somehow produce a miracle, Brisbane will know that they can win, but they still can- they've got to watch all the others. So Brisbane's going to put a side together. This is a very good – this is exactly a test. Let uh, The one thing you were talking about coaches earlier, and the one guy that's done a very good job is Ross Lyon. St Kilda are going to play – they're a solid football side, and they've done a good job. And, of course, as we thought, their defence is superb. Can St Kilda go to the Gabba and win? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that's unlikely. But this could be a decent game of football, particularly if Brisbane's under pressure. 
you can see St Kilda trying to find a way and annoying them, but I still think Brisbane will get home in their last couple of seasons at the Gabba for a while, but I think they'll win. Yeah, this isn't a dead rubber um, by any stretch of the imagination. No. St Kilda, yes, they've got finals lock in, but Brisbane have got a lot more to play for, yes. If the table at the ladder falls as it way as it is at the moment, yes, they'll get home finals um, th- throughout, you'd imagine. But uh, St Kilda have got to lay it all on the line. Um, they'll be out without uh, veteran midfielder David Sebros. He's uh, read on a hamstring injury that saw him miss sort of four, four, four game, three or four games, I believe, um, in the back half of the season, which is an unfortunate for him, seeing that he's approaching uh, 200 games in the AFL. So they'll miss uh, they'll miss Seb Ross, but again, you've got that pre-finals buy to try and get him as much as you can. Uh, cherry right by the first final, so there's another there's another club that'll be uh, benefited by that. Um, but Brisbane at home in that twilight in that twilight slot, David, they'll be too good. Four, four and a half goals. Don't think it'll be. Mm, you, ne- you never know with the St Kilda game is never normally all that high scoring, but we see the potency, particularly with Brisbane when they get Eric Hipwood as he has done in the back half of the year. He's been good for them. Brisbane by twenty six for me. Now, before today's press. I would have said to you that the GWS Giants were a very fair chance of playing in the finals miraculously. I might add the Giants have won eight of their last 10, which is a pretty decent effort in anyone's books. But then we found out today the players that have been booked for surgery by Geelong and aren't playing this weekend, inclusive of Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins. And look, if I'm looking at that neutrally, I can actually see that Geelong's looking after their their could be accused of looking after their players for next year, but, oh, man, it doesn't sit well. It just doesn't sit well. And it's given the Western Bulldogs a, a saloon pet. The Western Bulldogs haven't won at Cadenia Park for 20 years. Now they're firm favourites. Yeah, and, and we saw this is the exact reason, David, I believe it was last week um, that was they were spoken about it. This was almost the exact reason, although Geelong aren't in the scenario that they've been in in recent years, the exact reason why this pre-finals buy was brought in. So not not particularly, well, everyone gets, everyone has nicks and niggles after round one, but this is the exact reason why the pre-finals buy was brought in. Um, to look at names specifically, uh, uh, Blitzarves is, is one, Cameron's the other, uh, Close, Hawkins and Radagalea. Um, uh, are the, at least the four. I think Rowan, uh, he's hurt his ankle, so that's not just a weak thing. And Reece Stanley could potentially be the other. So there's hard- Rowan and Stan. Rowan and Stanley aren't the problems. They're actually genuinely injured. Yeah. That that's fine. Yeah. So that so that there's four there's four names, but the the, the enormity of the uh, of the four names uh, are something to keep an eye on. When you look when you look at um uh, when you look at the Western Bulldogs for the weekend, David Jack McRae. Is is the glowing one for me who won't play? Um, has a has a consecutive game streak going, not to the not to the not to the enormity of Jack Chris, but it's it's up there. Um, so no Jack McRae, as you spoke about, they haven't won at Cadenia Park, the Western Bulldogs in over twenty years. Will they change? Will it change? I'm tempted, but I think I'll still back Geelong in to finish their season on a high. David, I'll tip them by ten points. No, no, not with those players out. No, no, no. and these. That if ever there's a chance for the Western Bulldogs to show they've got a spine, it's now. They are under so well, much pressure. Well, yes, but sometimes you're forced into situations through your own monumental stupidity. And remember, 
that they could very well have been securing their spot if it weren't for last Sunday. The Western Bulldogs by seven for me in an absolute thriller because Geelong's going in underdone. West Coast Eagles in what will probably be Adam Simpson's last game and a few others at Optus. Do you give them a shot, a shot against Adelaide? Outside, maybe, especially if Kelly runs around untouched. But I think Adelaide by 20 points for me. Yeah, Shuey and Hearn um, coming hard, David, to try and get back for their farewell game. So if they were to be somewhat included, that'll buoy the crowd and everyone that wears blue and gold uh, over there at Optus on, on Saturday evening. Um, so that that would definitely work in their favour. But we, we've all seen what Adelaide's gone through, David, in the last week, and I just don't see um, them taking this game lightly at all, um, particularly to trying to spoil the party of a couple of retirements and things like that, but mainly all to do with the way that their season finished. Uh, it, well, hasn't fin- didn't finish last week, but their finals aspirations certainly did. So I'm going to tip Adelaide, David. Um, they'll bounce back after a pretty bad week for them, and I'll tip them by four goals. And then on to Super Sunday. Um, unfortunately, I'll, um, Lucas and I will both be on duty. Lucas <laughs> will be at, at Lovely Ararat, and I'll be at Henson Park in Marifal on Sunday. So, Super Sunday goes like this. Port and Richmond are early doors, half past 12. Sydney and Melbourne at the SCG. So, that Port and Richmond game is at the magnificent Adelaide Oval. Sydney and Melbourne at the SCG. Carlton and the Giants to finish off at Docklands. Uh, I think Port Adelaide are a very they're a good football side. They've had their blip. I think they'll come back. I think they'll be very dangerous in the finals, and I think they'll beat Richmond without Jack Revolt and Trent Cochran. Yeah, they've got some cover to come back in that first week of the finals too. Of course, we'll touch on that. But Mackenzie, uh, Lysett and Dixon are the big three um, that will come back for that first final. So they'll have some big key position players back for that one. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much more debating it. Um, Richmond obviously had all the uh, emotion and that poured into the game last week. Um, I think that'll be... Um, that 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 won't benefit them, and, and what we probably expect to be Andrew McWalter's potential, probably his last game in charge of Richmond. You would think as well. And they'll be on the first plane they can to get home to get into Super Sunday and Mad Monday in Richmond. Now this next game is fascinating. It sorry, it would have been a lot more fascinating if the result had been different on Saturday night. But that one split second of madness means that the Swans are possibly actually playing for a home final if things go their way. Um, can the Swans beat Melbourne at this? This is potentially the game of the round. It's a very, very big game. Errol Gordon is continuing to play the best football by far of his career. And for mine, I think he's going to get a green and gold jersey. I've got no doubts in my mind that Gordon will be in the final 22. He has been sensational for Sydney. Yeah. Imagine you'll get a blazer too, David. And and particularly too with Tom McCartan getting his um, ban overturned at the... At the oh, and, and so it should have been. Yeah. So it should have been, that was not a bump. It, yeah. The Swans are very good at these challenges and it was gone over on AFL 360 last night and I've got no issue with it. That's right. I support what was done. I think that he didn't bump him. He could have run straight through him and done him a lot of damage. Yeah, no, I think it's the right call, particularly when you look at the football aspect of it. The bounce of the football there was as cruel uh, as it could have been, almost bounced at right angles. So that didn't help. Um, like help it and it uh, didn't help initially, but yeah, it was the right call in the end. So McCartan, so they get gain a, a big intercepting presence in the defensive fifty. I'm um, from Melbourne too. Um, they'll be they've of course cemented that top four spot and won't be a home final at this stage. But well, they won't be hosting the final. It will be a home final for them. But well, that's the whole point about Melbourne finishing fourth, despite the fact they play Collingwood. They don't need to travel. 
that's the whole thing. Unless Collingwood get beat by Essendon and Melbourne end up having to go to the Gabba, which they don't want to do. No. But I don't think Collingwood scare Melbourne. No, no, I don't think so. Unless the well, the only thing that scared Brisbane in that last meeting with Melbourne at the Gabba was when the lights went out. So, um, so they wouldn't want that to happen again. But no, I this is really tight. It's almost one of the games you tip Sydney purely because it's at home. The McCartan, the McCartan inclusion probably slides it a little bit that way as well, particularly with um, Sydney welcoming Lance Franklin back to be uh, to be farewelled at the SCG. But I just think Melbourne. Melbourne and Carlton has spoken about at length are the two most informed sides in the competition, David. I don't think I can look past them, to be honest. But it'll be a tight game. I'll go Melbourne by two, two and a half goals. Oh, and the Giants haven't been in. The Giants would be third in that list of teams informed, to be yep. honest with you. That yep. one, eight sure. or ten. Yep. And I'm not being biased. I'm, I'm no. being honest with you. I'm with you there. Uh, I find this a very tough game to pick. I think that Melbourne, with Clayton Oliver coming back for the last game, it makes them a very dangerous football side. I'm going to tip Melbourne by ten points. I just think, um, I think Sydney, Sydney don't want to go off the edge. They they were nearly did against Adelaide, but they've been superb. Sydney, they're the other team that's in great form as well. Leading us into a game that is fascinating. That if the tips go the way that I think they will, this game is not a dead rubber. If the tips go the way that Lucas says, then there could be some serious withdrawals in this game. You just don't know. Although there is a bye the week after. I don't think the Giants will do that. This is a massive game. Now, I'm going to tip the Giants about a pure loyalty, but I think I would be one of the very few that will be doing that. I think that most people would be tipping Carlton. Um, and I Carlton can't, won't, won't be resting players. They're on this enormous wave, a bit like the Newcastle Knights, actually. And I, they're going to be hard to stop. They're going to be hard to stop during the whole final series. And this could actually theoretically be a replay of being a curtain raiser to the final two weeks after. It could be, David. And it's interesting when you when you bring up the way of, of resting players and all that sort of thing. The, the, the Giants, of course, they're a young side. They want to keep playing. So the pre-finals buy probably hurts. Well, in, in theory, hurts them a little bit, I would, I would say. Um, uh, other, other than a couple of their older players, yes. It would yeah. certainly help Toby As a whole. Green. Toby Green, Cornelio, Cal Ward, Haynes. It yep. would help them. Whitfield, who's now a 200-gamer. But yep. guys like this, 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 this beast, Tom Green, who's just been unbelievable this season. Yeah, it, yeah look, yes. But onto this game, your thoughts? Yeah, so, so that was sort of more of as, as a whole, trying to keep the momentum up sort of thing instead of having to stop and stall um, in that first yes. week of finals. But uh, under the roof at, at Docklands, I think... We saw Carlton come back from the de- well, not from the dead, but they were down some against St Kilda there in the first half a couple of rounds ago. Now, what I'm extremely looking forward to is the probable matchup of of, of Charlie Kerno and Sam Taylor. So, um, sign me up for a bit of that because we all we all love one on one battles, and we saw that with Stephen May and Kerno in the last couple of rounds as well. So that's great. Uh, last round, excuse me, of oh, the round before, um, twice, but. Yeah, so that that'll be great to watch. But I think, as we were saying before, Carlton they're the most informed team in the competition. David, yes, the Giants. It's going to be a must-win for them. But I just can't really look past Carlton. To be fair with you, um, Carlton for me, 10, 14 points in that margin. Yeah, the Giants by eight for me. I think it'll be a cracking game. And um, look, I the reason I say that is I just think they're playing good football at the moment. Not no other than that, and the fact that I am a GWS Giants fan. Before we go to the Wimmera Football League, Marcus Bontempelli on the ESPN Brownlow Medal scoreboard 
uh, is now in front by half a vote. He picked up one vote last week in that game where Tim Kelly picked up three. The big movers last week were Zach Butters and Lockie Neal. Zach Butter, there's a lot of money on Zach Butters to win the Brownlow medal. Lockie Neal's in right in the mix for his second Brownlow medal. The other one I want to throw in, I think Errol Gordon's affirming rapidly to finish top 10. The other one who's an interesting one who may pick up a lot of votes is Tom Green from the Giants. He's had a very, very good season. But I, I, I'm thinking at the moment that there are five that can win it. That's Bontempelli, Dacos, Nick, Petraka, Butters and Neil. Lewis. Yeah, Neil, David, had 31 um, on Friday night. 31, three tackles and 10 clearances. And slightly three, vo- three votes, Pendle's got two. Yeah, he had a... Heart. Yeah, he had a career, uh, career high, season high, 12 clearances, Pendle Brown Friday night too, um, my add. But yeah, um, they tried to tag Neil a little bit with uh, Tom Mitchell around the footy. Uh, did not work around stoppages, did not work at all. Um, when you look at a, a couple of others, Tom Green, David, he's, he's about be- he's be- he's best his career high disposals in what, like three of the last five weeks. He had right. 39, David, uh, David against Carlton. He had one goal, two tackles, 10 clearances. Um, again, just working my way around here to look at some stats for you. Uh, Port was the other one um, with Butters. He had 31, a goal, five tackles, three clearances. Connor Rosie, too. Whilst we're talking about Port, uh, 24 to 24 touches, three tackles, a clearance, and uh, a mere 600 metres game. On to the Wimmer of Football League, who's got their first weekend of finals this weekend. The qualifying finals are being played at Matara Recreation Reserve. That's Horsham, Sainting, and Southern Mallee. Lucas, of course, will be watching all of this. And then on Sunday, the cutthroat, the ZZ top game, the Eliminator, is Minute Matoa and Dimbola. That game's at Alexander Avalaro. Do you like that one, do you? The ZZ that, top was good. Game? that was good work. Well done. Uh, let's have a look here, Lucas. Horsham and Southern Mallee. Um, and now, of course, these games are on neutral grounds. Yep. From listening to you through the season, I would think that most people would, fa- especially who are neutral, would be favouring the Saints here. Yeah, probably two v three. Obviously, um, the quali- the qualifying final, David, the winner will go uh, through to play Ararat, who I'll be down seeing tomorrow night. But yeah, big game. Um, Southern Mallee had the cavalry comeback. They had seven changes um come in for their game last week, David, uh, after they had a shock defeat the week before. So Kieran Dalhoney, their coach, and the twenty twenty two uh Tui medalist, the best and fairest uh of the league here in the Wimmera. He came back last week. Rupert Sangster is another one. Uh, dynamic forward who can also run through the midfield. He kicked three goals, David, um, after a hamstring injury for the Saints. They've got the two, um, the two leading goal kickers in the whole competition. Um, Mitch Martin finished with 55 goals, David, uh, in the regular season. He's sort of a, 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 a small to mid-sized forward, can run through the midfield as well, whereas they've got the pure uh, the, the pure strength of Jared Garth. He's a key forward, David, played some GFL in the past down there in Geelong. He had 46, I believe. Um, for the regular season. Um, so that Matoa Recreation Reserve, that's 2.20 on Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to that one. As I said, the winner will go through uh, to play Ararat in a in a grand final qualifier, the qualifying final two. And and the team that gets uh, defeated, David, will play the winner of this following match, Minion Matoa and Dimbola. Uh, the Burroughs in Minion Matoa were the premiers last year, David. Um, they, beat, they beat Ararat in the grand final last year. Dimbola... Had an interesting season last year. Um, they had some uh, points cap and some some issues there, so they were they were down on uh, 
and player points, David, last year, but they've come sounds back. Like, sounds like Wingarata, but we won't uh, go there. And not, to the, not, not, not to that effect, I don't think, but they're a good bunch up there at Dimi. Um, Minya Matara got some, uh, some good players in their own right. Own right, outgoing coach Tim McKenzie, David, can play either key back or key forward. I've spoken about Tanner Smith in the past, David. He's played Waffle. He was on Fremantle's AFL list there for a period as well. So there were a couple of good players, a player that could be back, David, for Minute Matoa on Saturday afternoon. Just got actually an invite to the AFL State Draft Combine uh, defender in Oscar Gorth. Um, so a, a, a young player there plays um, Talent League, David, with uh, the Greater Western Victoria Rebels. Um, so there's some talent there. Speaking of talent, there's some a great deal of talent on the Dimbula side as well. Key forward uh, forwards, excuse me. Michael Graham played um, in the Essendon Footy League. David um, and Sam Godden, who's come back as well, um, living in Melbourne and travelling at the moment. Some other big talent as well. Um, the brother of the the brother of senior coach Jack Lant, David Dillon, won the Nichols Medal. David is the best and fairest player in the NTFL in the 22-23 season. So they've got some talent there and Ben Miller and the like in the middle. So this is going to be a big game. Again, elimination final. You'd almost maybe have to back the boroughs in, David, with some of their big game experience. But again, cutthroat final. Uh, Alexandra Oval and Ararat on Sunday afternoon at 2.20. So looking forward to it. Massive weekend of finals there. Lucas, that 20... Well, you've got listed on our agenda. That 22, under 22 list that... that um. Would you like to just talk a little bit about that? Because it was a fascinating list. Goodness me, there's some talent. And I'm very pleased to see Caleb Sarong named in the centre. Yeah. Um, bit, yes, big names too, David. We spoke about the um, the uh, squad of 44 released in the last couple of weeks. I'll quickly run through the side from the back line. Uh, the back line, Nasiah Wanganine, Miller, of course, and Kilda uh, in the back pocket. Sam DeConing of Geelong, fullback, Miles Bergman, Port, the other back pocket. Uh Across the halfback line, Harry Sheasel on one flank, Hayden Young from Freo uh, at, at centre half back, and the captain and the other halfback flanker, uh, Nick Dacos of Collingwood. Uh, the centre line, you'll like this one, Errol Golden on one wing, Caleb Sarong in the middle, and Will Ashcroft on the other wing. Interesting oh. to see with the rising star. It's, it's probably a little bit of a two horse race in Ashcroft and Sheasel um, for me at the moment. Sheasel, I reckon Sheasel will because. Where he plays, I reckon he's been a shining light. Well, and he had, I think they just saw too, and I failed to bring this up earlier. He actually, in the last game, David, in round 23, broke the record for the most amount of disposal as a, as, as a first year player. So that record is now Harry Sheasel. So that's probably will play a large role of it too. Across the half forward line, Mitch Owens, uh, St Kilda, Jamara, Eagle Hagen, Western Bulldogs, Cody Waitman as the other half-four flanker as well, the Western Bulldogs. The full-four line, Keziah Pickett, Melbourne, Jai Amos, Fremantle, Josh Rochelle, Adelaide, uh, the centre the center line, as it were, the followers, Luke Jackson, Fremantle, Tom Green, G- GWS, and John Newcomb as the vice-captain from Hawthorne. And the uh, interchange, David Bailey-Smith, Western Bulldogs, Chad Warner, Sydney, Will Day, uh, Hawthorne, another one you'll like as well, Noah Anderson from the Gold Coast. And you would think that that is such a talented side. That centre line is just superb, everybody. That is simply a superb football side. And I would suggest to you that a significant proportion of those players that Lucas has just named will be right up there with all Australian. Uh, Sarong's a a no-brainer for mine. Gordon's a no-brainer. Ashcroft's an interesting one. 
she's all to chance. Nick Dacos will be one of the first three or four chosen, I would have thought. So there's so many of them. They're so talented. Yeah, big side there. Tom Green, at all, or I reckon, will get in the, in the 44 in the extended squad, to be honest. I think he has to. Toby Greenall should make the, the All-Australian side as the leading small forward in the competition, having kicked 56 goals, but that's another matter. And look, it's just to finish off, Sydney Football League um, first finals last week. We had the pleasure of calling the last three minutes of a golden point women's Division One game. We came on air and UTS were playing uh, North Shore and it went to nine and a half minutes in the second half of extra time. It was extraordinary to watch. Yeah, no, I had, I actually had, an, I was doing some netball, David, with some other finals in the Horsham District League on Sunday. Um, Under-17s game went past the six minutes each way of extra time and you had to uh, be up by two. That would have gone for a good six or seven minutes. So that was, that put everything half hour behind. But yeah, first round of uh, AFL Sydney finals and you're not, you, you're not, a, you're not accustomed to calling some tight games that have gone to extra time in the last couple of years, have you? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I am. Yeah, so is Jono, but uh, so some thrilling games and both sides that lost will be filthy because they came home like wet sails. New South Wales Uni beat Pennant Hills by a kick on Saturday and Manly uh, lost to Sydney Uni and are out of the finals by a kick on Sunday and came home like Steve Trans. In the women's, a little bit different. East Coast solid over Manly and Macquarie Uni solid over Sydney Uni. So that leaves us with the qualifiers and the ZZ top game on. Qualifiers are a game on Saturday. It's North Shore and University of New South Wales in the men, and a replay of a superb game of football four weeks ago between UTS and East Coast, who I think will be in the grand final. That's in the women's. And then on Sunday, we've got, excuse me, Macquarie University in Manly in the women's, and Pennant Hills and Sydney Uni, which will be a fascinating game on Sunday. And, of course, we're also broadcasting the Masters grand final on the Saturday afternoon. Then I'll be on the AFL Facebook page. Those other games I mentioned will be on KO Louis. So, Week one of the finals, fabulous. Got to call it Blacktown again, which is a wonderful place. Up the stairs this week, get the steps up this week at Henson. But Blacktown in great nick. And they're giving Blacktown a rest this week, uh, which is, as it turns out, a pressure move because it's supposed to rain in Sydney. And they're going to give it a rest because it's got a heavy load coming and AFLW coming. But the ground's in superb. Lucas, you would not want to be bowling at uh, Blacktown at the moment. The outfield's lightning. It is so short and so hard. You, honestly, past the past the circle ball gone it's that fast but it was uh, it was great to be out there it was most enjoyable yeah actually i hadn't had, hadn't had the uh, privilege of calling out there but looking forward to uh, ticking that off potentially one day but yeah some big finals that on the men's side that north shore uh unsw obviously is one to watch out and then as you said there uh uts and east coast uh, on the women's side in that second semi as well so that'll be all on enjoy your football this week at matara and our at Louis, and also in that ball of course um, and uh, it, thank you so much for your time. There's so much happening at the moment. Of course, next week we'll get a chance to have a, have a chill out and have a look at a few things because there's no football next week. We will be continuing with the podcast, everybody. That's our promise to you. We will we'll definitely be here next week and we'll go and talk things and Louis might actually draw, draw up and if there's some lists that come out, have a look at some, some best sides of the year and, and look forward to the finals the following week. Louis, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Yes, no, I'll sleep pretty well on Monday, uh, on Sunday night. I think, David, when I get to bed. But now, nah, looking forward to it. Final footy. It's not. It's not like we we don't do uh, long days very often, have we? So no, nah, but looking forward to it. Tell me about it. Five days a week during the week, and then you got the weekend on. But it is what we love doing. That's our and, and you know it is as I said, it's what we love. Enjoy your football this week. Take care, my friends. Speak to you next week. Appreciate it, David. Thank you.
On behalf of Lucas James Holmes, always great to listen to the great man talk. My name is David Redden. Thank you so much for listening to us. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.